You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. So if you grew up when inflation was high, you invested less of your money in bonds later in life compared to those who grew up when inflation was low. If you happened to grow up when the stock market was strong, you invested more of your money in the stocks later in life compared to those who grew up when stocks were weak. And that's mm. on page 14. Mm. What type of investments do you think people are currently making now? <laughs> Crypto. Um there's a lot of people after that fast buck and someone made a good point. I can't remember if it was on this podcast before mm. or if I've listened or, re- or read it somewhere else. They said, what investment, do, why do you, who are about crypto and this and that. That's like, what investment can you make and within a day, two days, a week, you're seeing 10, 15 times your initial investment. Like, where you what in what age what age um in what day and age have yeah. you seen that possible? We That's why that. people are going <clears throat> mad about it. And yes, it's gambling, it's risk, but people are willing to take that gambling risk because you're not seeing those potential returns on any, you know, standard FTSE one hundred investment that you make yeah. or whatever. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 10, 15, 20, 50, 60 times after three, four weeks even. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So obviously a lot of younger people and older people, they're doing the crypto thing. Yeah. Um, I've I've told you guys that I've tried to get a trading two one two account and I've been on some waiting list for like six months. So that tells you that I think a lot of people have wisened up to to trying to buy shares in companies. That's down to a lot. The to ease, do with the ease, the ease. Yeah, accessibility, accessibility, accessibility to yeah. do it now. Because before it was once looked at as a certain demographics way of doing things and. There was no way that you could get the knowledge or the know-how or mm. even where would you go. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of technology nowadays has made a lot of has made the world smaller. Mm-hmm. So as you just said, a particular brand of uh, stockbroker of trade of stocks, <laughs> you can now go and just open up an app and basically buy your own stocks. Whereas before you would have thought that you had to go to the West End over here, maybe in Wall Street in America, but over here it would have been wherever yeah, the, the London yeah. Stock Exchange is mm. to, to go. And who, who I don't know anyone, me personally, within my um, local community growing up or within my demographic that was ever talking about stocks and shares. Mm-hmm. It was the only ever thing that I ever heard was a thing called stocks and shares. Mm-hmm. They never knew what it was or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's mad? And I only just touched on it very briefly. Mm. The only, I don't know where my introduction to stocks and shares came from, but I remember when I was 16, I must've been 16. I had just say about a hundred pounds. I think it was. And I got my mum to invest in Sheffield United. I think they were PLC at the time. Mm. And I just believed they were going to get promoted at the time. They did they did get promoted. And I just assumed their stocks their stock um their stock um the stock price would increase and I'd make my money back I thought like a thousand fold. That's where I swear my mind was oh hundred pounds I want to get a millionaire. That's where, <laughs> that's where my mind was at the time. But she ended I think she ended up spending it. Like that's what I think what happened. Fuming. Yeah no I was fuming. Um <laughs> that's what I think happened. I yeah. think she may have 
bought it, like I asked her, yeah. but it must have been withdrawn at some given point and yeah. spent. So I was not best pleased. Um, I never really found out obviously what the share price did, but mm-hmm. um, I guess that's where my introduction into other outlets of making money um, came from. Mm-hmm. But what what type of investments do you think people are making now? Um, yeah, I'd echo what Mason said, really. He's talking about the, the crypto, crypto and I guess like the, I don't want to say the common one, but actually I was going to say ease of access, but the, the one people are most knowledgeable on would be by buying houses, really. Property. There's, there's a few, yeah. yeah. But there is a few, yeah. Yeah, because watches is the other one as well that I have. A lot of people are, mm. are like really getting involved in and well, crypto, NFT, yeah, all that digital stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, crypto, as you said, the... There's a lot of this. I don't know if you're aware, but there's a lot of art investment going on now as well. Mm. A lot of there's a lot of new art, whether it's uh, the the late artist Basquiat or other other similar names of the same, um, I guess class in regards to how recent they are. And it seems not to talk about art or nothing like that, but it seems like when it's that artists' paintings only become. Um, worth something is when they pass pass away sadly but that's how it looks but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of investment in art there's a lot of investments in i don't know if it's so prevalent in our demographic but i just know in general um fine wine hmm. keep seeing that pop up but maybe that's because the things that i look at you know when you look at certain things other things come pop up so i see a lot of oh investing some fine wine and investing some art and stuff like that and another thing that keeps on popping up on my some of my new feeds is ethical investing so investing in uh, companies that are basically going green so it's very you're you're putting in money where you would happily use that company or they're doing they put they're giving back to communities or they're they're trying to lessen their carbon footprint and things like that. That's that seems to be the vogue thing to be doing now is ethical investing. And um NFTs, that's another big thing. Um obviously it's in the same crypto world as well, but that's another thing. Um we have discussions on it um, within our own circles. Um some of the listeners may not or may know about nodes and and mining, <laughs> Mason's laughing because staking, staking. Yeah, we just had the conversations about that recently. But <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of options to to go down, a lot of rabbit holes to kind of have a look to see where investing, where you can invest your money, and like you said, um, the accessibility is is becoming more apparent now. So a lot easier to get mm. educated on it. Even if you're just dipping your toe, which I find myself yeah. just still doing, just learning, learning as you go. And obviously we share knowledge as much as we can to help each other in regards to making better investments. But yeah, no, I think that's the type of investments that I'm aware of as of today anyway. So off the back of the question you just asked, because you, mm. you kind of, the, 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 um, the, what's, the, what's called pre-long when you give the little build-up? Pre-log, yeah. Pre-log into it was around about, you know, if you grew up in a household where, if you grew up in a household, (laughs) (laughs) no, where like, as opposed to a bond. You know, where where like, um, stocks done well, then you're more like to invest in stuff. So to the both of you, what type of household or financial institution did you grow up in? Was it one of holding back money? Was one of investment? 
and has this influenced your money behaviors um yeah i was as i said in regards to the the story about um going to a trip and not spending it so i was in a household of where money was i wouldn't say overtly scarce mm. but it was it wasn't abundant so therefore if you can save here and there similar to what you're saying yeah. about your mum about my mum was on on a hustler thing do you know what I mean so like, alright yeah, cool yeah. where can I find the best deals to, yeah. to get food where can I go because I used to go Shepherd's Market every weekend to do food shopping so there's plenty of well it's a bit different now but there's plenty of food stalls where my mum would haggle one person and go to another one and haggle them and say alright cool I'm going to come back to you and so I knew that it was about saving money where you can. So what you have, you hold, basically. Exactly, mm. exactly. And with that, the money that you hold, we can do something nice. So we can go to the cinema or we can do this because we haven't spent all our money. We've been able to cons- con- um, conserve it mm. and use it for, for better things other than just surviving, do you know what I mean? We can have fun with it as well. So I grew up in that um, environment. So, it, yeah, of course, I think anything that you do go through in your childhood is going to affect you later on in life. And there's some things that I I have installed in me. Like, um, I've always got money saved somewhere. Yeah. There's always something yeah. there. Like, yeah. even if, like, right, there's, in my main account, there might be zero pounds in there. I've got a, a like a another ISA somewhere that's parked off that I don't think about. It's like <laughs> I almost tricked myself to think I ain't got no money at all, and that's how I've always kind of been. Like even when like I feel like I'm like last time I lost my last, not literally your last Rolo, but like your last pound. I'm like ah oh, shit, I ain't got no money, and that's the mentality I kind of kind of kept of I've got no money even if I do have money. Do you know okay, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it was almost kind of having that holding back mentality which can be deemed as good or bad because again learning about money as well especially in this climate um i've also grown up to also i guess be willing to take risks sometimes taking risks that um could have put me in places where i wouldn't want to be in terms of um, a cell and whatever, whatever, what have you. But just like risking it in terms of you got to be willing to put money down on the table and roll the dice. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. But in in regards to my environment that I grew up, it was very much holding back. If that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. <clears throat> sorry, French. You said a number of good things, which I wanted to touch upon but I think there was too many and hopefully I remember them also as I'm going through um, but to answer your question well your initial question Mason I think in my household it was definitely hold back my mum when I'd walk through the door see when the, see those teenage years when we had money because I think we all had money those teenage years whether our parents gave it to us or whether we were working in terms of like paper rounds and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff or selling bits and bobs here and there and when I say selling bits and bobs to listen I'm not necessarily talking about illegal shit I'm just talking about 
been um, um, yeah, literally bits and bobs anyway. But we had money to go out, enjoy ourselves, and buy clothes and stuff like that. So every weekend when I came in and I might have had a bag here and there, my mom like, yo, where are you getting this? Not even where you getting this money, but like you should learn to save your money. And that really wasn't my attitude at the time because actually feeling good mm. was more important to me. That's where I wanted to invest my money. I didn't really feel the need to social save money. Yeah, social currency. Thank you, actually. I didn't really feel the need to save money at that time. In fact, there wasn't a need to because I had money the following weekend. I was getting paid for a paper round or... Mm. Some something which I knew I was selling or I knew I was going to have money in my pocket. So I never really had that, um, well, massive doubt that I was going to be um, without money. Certainly those early teenage years and when we were going out, there were times obviously when I didn't have money. And so I'm not going to uh, allude to that in any way, shape or form. Um, but that was for my mum. My dad probably is very much the same because he's a man who came from banking actually um, before he came to the UK. So saving money or learning how to use money was certainly his thing. And when I look back, I didn't learn anything from them, them two mm-hmm. in regards to saving money because my dad was a saver mm-hmm. and my mum was someone who, you know, um, there was a level of importance as to not spending all your money, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I'm, so I'm just thinking about these things out loud. So, yeah, really, I didn't really take anything from them two in relation to actually saving money in any way, shape or form because I guess I wanted to invest it in myself, really. And I think that's something... Not to say that it hasn't worked, but I guess that's a skill that I think I've kind of probably tried to refine over recent years as to investing in, in yourself. And I see there's a, a massive importance um, to that, really, whether it's, I don't want to uh, mention books, but like doing things which would then um, increase my currency in some way, shape or form. Um yeah, so what was your question again? I don't want to make I want to make sure. No, it was just so the type of the type of household you, or financial institution you grew up in. Oh uh, yeah, mine was definitely holding money, yeah. like holding money. But that's unfortunately not unfor- yeah, oddly, that's not who I was. Yeah, and whether or not this influenced your money behaviors. Um going forward, I think it has influenced my money behaviors because I think uh, my parents still occasionally ask me questions as to like what am I doing with money and stuff like that and I just look at myself completely different to them and I guess obviously we grew up in a different time where holding money was really really important whereas I'm at this point in time where I understand the importance of holding money and I wish I did that a lot more um, but I wish I was a bit more selective as to the the, the type of money I held and where I spent it. Whereas obviously we we're talking about clothes not too long ago. There's there, there wasn't a, a massive importance in terms of, yo, we were spending money just to go out on a Saturday. As in, yo, something is on, on the 24th. We need to look sharp mm. and going out and spend. There, there was not a massive importance to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's something else I could have worn. You know what I'm saying? So I could have been a bit more selective as to that money I spent, you know what I'm saying? Or, or from a medium or long-term perspective at that time, I could have saved a lot more money and I could have done a few more things because there's, t- not even at times, there's one or two individuals at uni who I knew who didn't actually get student loans. Mm. Didn't get student loans. Something that we have like on campus. Mm. Didn't get any student loans or anything along those lines. I think they paid their tuition and used their own money. And looking back, mm. I, I didn't question it at the time, but I did kind of raise an eyebrow like, mm, wow, how did that person go about that? You know, sorry, and this is not this is not a guy, by the way. This is a, this is a girl, mm-hmm. like paid her way, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and probably came from the same type of like, social housing as us. But like, obviously, due to let's say knowledge and education, yeah. they knew this is the way I need to go about it, and I just found it really intriguing, actually. Yeah, one of the dumbest things I done. I got a, I only got a student loan in my final year, and I didn't need it. I was just dumb because when it took me ages to pay that shit off, and the amount I paid back compared to what I took out, dumb. Money lesson right there. Dumb. (laughs) 
What about yourself in regards to the environment that you grew up and how it affected how you are now? Yeah, it's quite funny actually. And I think this this affected my... So when I started getting money, obviously I said I'd done the Walkman thing, but then I'll go through peers. It was like, what do you call them people? Not all two, but one of them... Um, I don't know how to describe. It's almost like yin and yang because there might be... So first page of Walkman, whatever. But then my dad was quite frivolous. Mm. When I was a little bit young, it, like when he had it, he had it. You yeah, saw yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? No, just, just make me laugh. Yeah. When he had it, he had it. Yeah. And uh, boy, did the world know. <laughs> 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 yeah, bro, I'll get that. Yeah. So, like, um, um, go on. What's that money thing? <laughs> <laughs> money thing. Hello. <first. laughs> Hello. <laughs> money over. Who's <laughs> speaking? It's money over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the nobby times are like, Depend of the on the mood of the moment. Say that man's out on a Saturday night or something or Friday night. Depend on the mood of the moment. It'll be like, fuck it, let's get two bottles of shams. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just here licked. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We haven't. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So there'll be times when man's mad, like tight almost. Like, and if you ask one of my great aunts, she'll say that's the from your mum or whatever. That's what she'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> man, man out here, boy. <laughs> so like, but then there'll be other times where I'll be oh we partying tonight like yeah, do you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying yeah, and it'll yeah. be like you know you had the little attention and from the little girls and that and then you got a couple bottles I remember one time I went out for Loz's birthday Windsor yeah I'm sure you must have been there it's probably one of the only times I thought you said fuck it every man just got bare champagne I think oh, I do remember that <laughs> good night <laughs> yeah but um yeah, so it's even like little things like that. Like, so it'll be yin and yang sometimes. Me, if I, one of the lessons now, I wouldn't like, yeah, nah, if I wanted that, the worst thing is now I'm in a much better position to be, if I want to live that lifestyle once a month, going, it's actually not going to affect me as much as it did then. Mm-hmm. But now I don't really care about that shit. But like, yeah, so growing up, because of the way I grew up, and it, sorry, my household was very much, my mum's my mentality was just, don't spend, save, like, that's just how she was. Almost like, oh, there's money. Like, like, yeah, let yeah. me not turn on this. Just put, do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how she, <laughs> mama, like, she might, she might pick up a ten of hair. Like, say that my dad had it good or something now. And like, she, um, yeah, I'm going shopping. How much you need? 150 pounds. Like, just, like yeah. she had it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and you, you know, like, you know, a man's counting like five, five. <laughs> that's, 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 that's how my mom's mentality, wasn't it? Like, just take, 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 innit? Whereas, so I've got, I had that in me, but then at the same time, I remember like, sometimes my dad, Everyone feeling good because, you know, like, not that he's just spending money, but it's a good time. Like, not that money doesn't matter, but it's like, all right, fuck it, whatever it costs, everyone, like, whether it's at my aunt's and, all right, what do you want? Like, everyone's getting, like, all right, let's just order bed, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, good yeah, yeah. like, so that makes sure everyone had a good time and everyone's yeah. had a good night. So yeah. I, I had that in me as well whilst I was growing up. So there's a bit of both, but it definitely wasn't investment, boy. Do you know what I'm saying? It definitely wasn't that. Like, it was, definitely wasn't that. Do you know what? Not just say, like, save this bit, but and have that just in case things go patient, but you take this little bit and do you know what, put it over here because you never know. It's like calculated, re- didn't learn any of that. Yeah. Didn't learn it. It was just save, 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 or spend, just spend, spend, spend. spend, spend. Yeah. No in between. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean, man. Um, did you want to, did you want to make another point before I move on? No, nah, not me. Okay. Um, so it's, <clears throat> so there's a lot of things being said that's like, kind of like, yo, yeah, yeah, it, so much shit that, um, I like to expound, like expand on. Mm. So 
I think you said, is there anything, um, I think your question was like, is there anything I've learned based on the the foundation of basically my family? And I guess actually it's funny because I don't think I've learned anything directly from them, but like I can look back and look at the mirror and think to myself, I might be a little bit like them now going forward, but that's a res- as a result of like going like backpacking. So I'm not going to say the T word, but it's a, <laughs> it's a result of that because now I've learned the, um, the value of a pound. Because obviously I'm spending like one pound equals like seven or 13 Bolivian pesos. I'm thinking, yo, bro, I can get a big meal for that. You know, so why are we just throwing money here left, right and center? So I now begin to ask myself those type of questions. You know what I'm saying? As to there's no need to be as frivolous as I once was. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I guess they're the things now I kind of like draw comparison with. <laughs> Says the man at half five. So I'm going down to get carrot cake. Anyone want anything? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, I hear you, bro. All right, so the lowest income household. Did you want to go any further? Um, no, I don't think so. There's so many things, but I've, I think I've just forgot. Well, if you want to come back to them. Do yeah, of course, cool. I always go back, man. <laughs> the lowest income households in the US on average spends $412 per year on lotto tickets, <laughs> four times the amount of those in the highest income groups. 40% of Americans cannot come up with $400 in an emergency, which is to say those buying $400 in lottery tickets are by and large the same people who say they couldn't come up with $400 in an emergency. They are blowing their safety nets on something with a one in a million chance of hitting it big. That's on page 18. Is winning the lottery a viable way to become financially free from your perspective? Either way, why? Desperation, man. And look, I think we all we all know in this room the chance of that is ridiculous. And probably like when man plays it, man's like, yeah, like maybe I'm not realistically banking on that to change my life mm. in my head. No way. Like, um, but it's the sometimes it's like you might think you got no other way of of having a better. Like you actually might fully believe in this thing, like. This is my not this is my only like, this is a big chance for me. Yeah, I, I actually that is an investment. That is actually a chance. I'll I'll spend four hundred dollars a year knowing that actually that if I script to save that four hundred I could save that four hundred dollars just in case I don't know, a car breaks down, I can't get I can't get to see my elderly mum or take a hospital or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, it's 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 bizarre. But if you're really down in the dumps and you're not working, you're say for instance you're homeless, someone gives you two pounds, you might go on spank on a lottery ticket. That's true. You gotta be in it to win it. That's mm-hmm. one. That's one perspective. Um, I've never. I'm not gonna say I've never played the lottery. I've played it a couple of times. I think the first time I played it, I was gassed when I was like 16 because yeah, that's when yeah, you yeah, was yeah. legally allowed to play it. Yeah. So I remember when I licked 16, I was like, I'm playing the lottery. Mm. Played it once or twice. I was like, this is long, and especially those times there. Um, I was making. I was making money. So. Not to say I was making millions, which I've not made yet, mm. but like I wasn't like I'm. This is the only way. Lottery is the only way to see any kind of money. Mm. But like you always obviously hear about people winning millions there and millions there, so it's it's a very tempting thing to be like, well, maybe I could be the one, and especially with the marketing that they've done, it's like you could be the one. It's like, yeah. Could be may, you, maybe I could. Yeah. Maybe I could. What a pound. Like, I could be the one. What's the harm? Do you know what I mean? So I definitely I wouldn't um downplay the allure of of getting a ticket and it's almost like, you know, it goes back to what's it, the um, 
the the what is it? The chocolate factory. What's the Willy Wonka? Oh, the yeah, chocolate yeah, factory. The golden ticket. So it's like when you've got those kind of stories embedded in your mind, and it's like maybe I can be the the one person that gets the ticket in my area, my family. And so there is that. Te- that is that the. Um, <clears throat> there is that, I guess, notion that it is possible. It is possible, but it's highly unlikely, as as we know. The odds are one in a millions times, however other millions there are. So, like you said, it wasn't. It's never been something that I'm thinking. This is how I'm going to make my millions. I've always believed in. Uh, from when I was young, I was like, "Ah, right, cool! I'm either gonna be a footballer and become a millionaire like that, or I'm gonna be a businessman and become a millionaire like that." So <coughs> the the lottery is more just like a like a quick punt. But even since, like, from when I hit 16, I literally played it a couple times. Then after that, I kind of lost interest in it. I was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna win. It's long." So. It was never, I never saw it as a feasible way of really becoming rich. Mm. But I understand the mentality for some people to believe that is the way that they are, that's their only hope because yeah. they may not have the the mindset or the knowledge to be like, all right, cool, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to become a millionaire. Do you know what I mean? There's more than one way. You don't even have to become a millionaire to live comfortably either. And that's, that's, right. that's something that we, um, that's right. We need to understand it's a society is not everyone has to be a millionaire to live life. You can you can earn a you can un, you could still earn under a hundred grand and still live a very comfortable life. Mm. It's just it's just how you spend what you spend and yeah. what you deem as important. So mm. and and I know it's a cliche phrase, but I find that most of the things that I've enjoyed mostly in life, I wouldn't say they've been entirely free, but they haven't been mad expensive. Um, yeah. Blow it out the blow it out the water to kind of thing to to get it done or experience it. Not at all. So, I just think um, mentality wise, it's understanding that. Um, yeah, there's there's more to life than just money in itself. Even though we are discussing the psychology of money, but yeah, just to kind of put a, a positive spin on it. P. Um. Sorry, just like touching on what you said there. So, like, I don't even believe. I mean, it'd be nice to have like a huge abundance of money in terms of like lottery or life-changing money. But money for me, I guess, will speed the process of some of the things that I'm trying to do. So like, um, okay, so I know I need to pay like a number of people off in the next, say, month or so. Mm. If I had that abundance of money, just say from a lottery winning ticket, now the things I need to do will be done in an instant and I wouldn't need to go through the process of working to get that money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it would just be, the speed in things that I like to do will be done a lot quicker. Mm. Um, but I guess that's the case for most people, um, whether it's paying to go on holiday or all that type of stuff. But um, <clears throat> to answer your question, which was... Is, win- <laughs> is winning the lottery a viable way to become financially free from your perspective in either way? Why? Amazing, because we've been talking about the lottery as well. Maybe not this question, but we have spoke about the lottery. Yeah. And oddly... I've been playing the lottery recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that um, no, no, in our conversation. We spoke about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I've been playing the lottery. 
Um, actually, I feel that's come from someone else, actually, and that they've been playing the lorry. That's another thing in itself, but we'll talk about it off air. Mm. All right. E. All right. So I think she's played it a couple of times and maybe somewhere, somehow, I've began playing the lorry myself. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, um, I, like, I play it once a month. Or once a month. So, not <coughs> sorry. I'm not like Friday the 14th of each month. No, no. As in like, I'll randomly, it just probably yeah, work, yeah. Like once a month, I'll just might be like, you know, sometimes you, oh, double roller. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That's that's different yeah. to the, um, the example that was given in regards to the, the people in, because it was refers yeah, to yeah. the Americans. It's like, this is their lifeline. Like, this is their only way. Like, they'll spend their last dollar on this. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's different if you're just willy nilly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but, I justify it. I don't smoke. Um, what was everything? Something else. But I was like, I, well, you know, that's my. It's little, surplus. It's surplus. Yeah, that's so my kind of yeah I mean, I guess if you're playing it here and then, then it's not really a problem. I guess. Yeah, not at all for me, actually, because it's not a vice or yeah. it's not an addiction anyway, she perform. But what I have realized. And I've noticed noticed down whether it's either like diary entry and all that type of stuff, is that I've connected my so like it's what's that thing with the accumulator? So I used to connect oh, yeah. anyone who did that shit to yeah. bare bummy behavior. So that's not even like <laughs> me trying to dig anyone out. Yeah. But, I know but what you mean, that's how I connected it. That was the yeah. association, thank you. And then before you knew it, I was doing the accumulator. Mm. And I found myself in this mode where I was depending on bummy Arsenal, like, excuse my language, because obviously this is a team I support, relying on Arsenal who uh, a couple of years ago were guaranteed to let you down. Why would you put Arsenal on accumulator? That's the, the one team who you know are going to be random and lose at home to Burnley or something like on a weird Saturday. <laughs> and that would happen a number of times. I realised my, beha- not my behaviour, but yeah, my mood will be affected by mm. losing an accumulator. Mm. And I was like, yo, I must be in a dark place to be relying on Arsenal of all sides who can't even get top four mm. to kind of like get you a few hundred pound or you know what I'm saying on accumulator it was mad and even like looking forward to 7 8 p.m to see like the lottery results that shouldn't be something you should be looking out for in any way shape or form if you know you if you won you, I mean that's something you should just check on a, a Sunday do you see what I'm saying yeah, yeah. and but I found myself in that mode where I was like looking out for results just to kind of like Get me out of this, get me out of this car. You know what I'm saying? Get me out of work. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just sit down and relax. Yeah, it was mad. It was mad. So, all right. So, follow up question to that is Do you agree or disagree that buying lotto tickets when you're broke is a bad idea? I don't even know if it's a bad idea. I just feel like if you're relying on something such as the lottery, you're in big trouble. Mm. I just feel like if you've got. If you've got red letters coming through your door and you're paying, buying, buying a lot of tickets, then that money can be used for, for better purposes. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree, bro. I think something like the lottery is, it comes under the same kind of classic, like a treat. Mm. Like, okay, this, this has been a good week or a good month. I've got surplus eight quid, ten, whatever it is. Oh, let's just, let's just do a, a row of lot lines on the lottery or something. It's like, it's like um, you could call it luxury entertainment for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like to be able to... I'm not really a betting man like that. Like I play the what's it the the what's that the race that happens once a year, man? Grand National. The Grand National. I yeah. do that. Like when it, that's the only time I really put a bet on. That's the only time, and occasionally, but I don't remember the last time I actually have played the lottery. But I won't say that I don't play it at all. Yeah. But it's just been. A I have while. an account. Okay. 
Yeah, no, honestly. The thing, see, it, it, I, so I, literally, I just told you I played the lottery. Probably, it was only yeah. last week that I played the lottery. Mm. And I'm assuming maybe a couple of years ago. But how that, much do you spend on it, though, like, per time? I think it's 250 per 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 what do you call it slip for the I don't know I think it's two pounds for, the normal, be, for the normal lottery. I'm talking I only play Euro Millionaire. That's oh, what, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to hit it big. They call me Boogie Boots. <laughs> no, I only play Euro Millionaire. So okay. that's so I think that's two fifty per ticket, uh, per ticket or slip yeah. or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um because obviously then you have that random um, thing where they give you some like letters and you, you could be yeah, one yeah so that's the only one <laughs> bougie bougie bu- yeah so that's the only one um i play um but there must be in a week or a friday where i was i really really wanted to play and i wasn't going to be able to get to the news agent in time <laughs> i signed up and obviously put money on it um but then obviously last oh, week convenience though man it's convenience it's convenience they do that sure. so last week um i just remembered yo i got an account and then i put 15 pound on it and then guess what I've been doing? Oh, playing it Friday, Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday. <laughs> See, but I've noticed that behavior, and I'm like, yeah. cool. This, this is like, this is not happening again. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's like Friday, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, and I was like, yo, why did I even put fifteen pounds? I must have been feeling flush mm-hmm. or just feeling. Well, cool. Come to the end of the month. That's like you're paying water bill or something, rude boy. Or not water bill, but you got to say like a gas bill. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I'm not paying fifty pound a week. Oh, okay. oh no, yeah, it was like I put fifteen pound on it as to play. Yeah, just for how long, yeah. how long it lasts for. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, yeah, that's a behavior that's got to stop. You're aware of it, so that's yeah. the first step. Um, all right, so moving on to part two, that's luck and risk. Before I move on, though, is there anything else before I actually get into part two that either one of you want to point out or discuss or make a note of? Um, no, I think you've... Um now, I guess the one thing I would say, I mean, to anyone listening who, well, they don't have to be our age, but I mean, um, we're 35-ish. Um, and it says, obviously, we're all relatively new to money, which explains what might be crazy to you makes sense to me. So oh, yeah. there are yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to yeah. which <clears throat> we might be a little bit hard on ourselves. And I think we need to understand that in some case, we are kind of like first generation yeah, yeah. money, or you might be the first generation in, in terms of understanding, obviously, the importance of money. Yeah, no, good point. Very good point. All right, so part two, luck and risk. (coughs) Luck and risk are siblings. They are both the reality that every outcome in life is guided by forces other than the individual effort. And that's on page 25. Can you rely on luck if and when all efforts have been exhausted? No, no, you can't rely on... No, no, you can't rely on luck all and when... No, no. Not rely, no, you can't rely on luck. So, what it is, I, f- I feel like with luck, <coughs> lucky things happen, but essentially, if you put in that hard graph or put in the work or put yourself in a position for that luck to, I feel like you have, you, you, you might have done something that's put yourself in that predicament for that little bit of luck, that tinge of luck to occur. And I, I was going to say, if you stay ready, you ain't got to be ready. <laughs> 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 Who's that? Who says that one? That's Will Smith. Bloody rich. <laughs> but I think you might have got that from someone else. But okay, yeah, it's one of those one of those motivational quotes. Yeah, yeah. So like, and even what when we do, when I'm getting to we listed later on um, the actual book, re- book review, I'll talk about that. But yeah, essentially with luck, 
you, you kind of you make your own luck but you got to be ready to take to accept that luck to have that luck on board and this chapter is going to go into so i won't go into it too much further mm-hmm. but yes there's a degree and element of luck to becoming truly truly wealthy i won't say successful i'll say wealthy mm. okay um but in regards to luck i think um if you're working hard and i think you're i don't want to say your moral compass but i mean if you're yeah, let's say your moral compass is in the right place. I think you'll find luck will, I don't know, gravitate towards you in some way, shape, or form. But if you're sitting on your ass, then you'd be very lucky if luck knocks on your door. Mm. Um, just my experience. I feel of your yeah. If you're working hard, I think I mean you find a bit of fortune somewhere. Yeah, you make you almost make your own luck. Correct. Cool. Um, there are they are so similar that you can't believe in one without equally respecting the other. They both happen because the world is too complex to allow 100% of your actions to dictate 100% of your outcomes. And that's on page 28. If you give luck and risk their proper respect, you realise that when judging people's financial success, both your own and others, it's never as good or as bad as it seems. And again, that's on page 28. When judging others, attributing success to luck makes you look jealous and mean, even even if we know it exists. And when judging yourself, attributing success, attributing, sorry, attributing success to luck can be too demoralizing to accept. If you follow a proven process to make money step by step, are you guaranteed to make money and why? Not guaranteed, a proven process. Yeah. Not guaranteed because just because it's been proven in the past or by someone else, there's no guarantee it'll be proven in the future. But that being said, if you're following if you if something's been successful previously and it's still being successful then and you follow that protocol down to the t the likelihood is hit the likelihood is that you know success not likelihood there is a high possibility success will come your way but there's never no guarantee in life that just because just because it's approved something's been proven has something has been proven to before to bring wealth or success that is definitely going to happen for you but once again, if you're, if you know, was it what's the time you've said before? Um, success leaves trail or, or tracks clues, yeah. or clues and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, so there is, there is, a, there is a possibility. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that could answer. Um, <clears throat> like yes, and again, like just kind of like echo what Mason said. Really, I say yes and no. I think the one thing I'm not too sure if this came from the same chapter, but it talks about um, people like let's say Bill Gates. I'm not too sure if that's the person who it. Um, your references as to um, some of his successes, but I mean, more often than not with success stories, they kind of leave out, well, him not intentionally, but sometimes the success stories or the failure story have been left out um, for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? And in so, I think people are like gravitate towards what we falsehoods as to what success is and what success actually looks like. Mm. And actually the, um, the story or the, I don't know, the path taken towards success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and people don't realise there's loads of up and downs in so. Um, so I say yes and no, but more often than not, I mean, very similar to Instagram and some of these obviously social media platforms to which obviously you see some people have been successful. Um, some of the up and downs haven't really been detailed, obviously due to the nature of the platform, but at the same time, yeah, just like just due to obviously what people show. So um, I don't want to ramble on, but yeah, like yes or no, I think like, yeah, yes and no. Nothing's guaranteed. There's nothing that's guaranteed. So, But I will say that the principles of business don't change. 
Correct. So you can follow those principles, and if you stick to those principles, as May said, you're more likely to be successful in that. But again, there's there's no guarantees in life at all, except for death and taxes, as they say. <laughs> but um, yeah, moving on. If we had a magic wand, we would find exactly what we would find out exactly what proportion of these outcomes were caused by actions that were repeatable, versus the role of random risk and luck that swayed those actions one way or the other. And that's on page thirty. You can praise Vanderbilt for flouting the law, and before I uh, touch base on this, there's a guy called Vanderbilt, and in the book, just the author basically covers a story about Vanderbilt. And another guy called uh, it eludes me at the moment, but basically, yeah, this Vanderbilt guy is a very successful gentleman in his field. So, going back to the to the excerpt, you can praise Vanderbilt for flout, flout, for flouting the law with as much passion as you criticize anyone for doing the same. Perhaps one got lucky by avoiding the arm of the law the other found itself on the side of risk that's on page 31 the line between bold and reckless can be thin when we don't give risk and luck their proper billion it's often invisible that's on page 32 mm. <coughs> so as i just mentioned in regards to vanderbilt um i think he basically if i'm recalling correctly have you got um it? yeah <clears throat> i think he built a railroad a, a yes. railroad railroad a rail a railroad and basically he essentially broke the law to make sure that the the railroad was actually completed but because it was a success he was um glamorized for it whereas the point in in what the author was mentioning is in regards to enron was they also broke the law but they was also they got chastised for it so the essentially the there's a thin line between success and failure and risk and luck. So with that being said, are street hustlers considered bold and lucky or risky and reckless? And why so? What's the, what are the two things? Risk? So are street hustlers considered bold and lucky or risky and reckless? And why so? I mean, I would say both. Um, so what? So one of the bold and bold and lucky, or risky and reckless. Yeah, I'm gonna say a bit of both, man. Like, I mean, I think you need to be like. Obviously, I know they all come in different shapes and sizes, but I mean, I think in order to, so I'm not even glamorizing any way to perform, but to to jump out and do those type of things, um, or hustle in any way she perform, mm-hmm. you need to have, be bold and confident in some way she perform. And as I said before, I think if you're working hard, you will kind of create your own luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reference to the activity and the, um, like the potential, um, the drawbacks in terms of potential either going to prison or being killed. being hurt, killed in some way, shape or form, being mm-hmm. robbed, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are risky and those things are the, are, the, are, are, are the other side of the coin to being successful and making a lot of money, which people don't often talk about mm-hmm. and because people are glamorizing the life of, um, let's say, selling drugs and making money, but not necessarily... Um, actually having money to either re-up and all those type of stuff mm. oh, good points yeah I can't really go much further than what P said I think it's a bit I think it's a bit of both to be fair 
I think it's a bit of both. It does it does it does it does depend on scenario a little bit. Mm. So um your risk tolerance to my risk tolerance levels might be completely different. As yeah, in, yeah, yeah. We're all different than yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so you know, going to prison for six months, say, but then actually making my, like making a certain amount of money or whatever comes as part of the occupational hazard mm. and actually you weigh up the risk and for that particular person you know maybe no family no kids no stable home just like you know couch surfing but actually got a little bit of money six months inside is really nothing someone else couple kid, newborn girlfriend rent issues going to prison is a big three months for that actually doesn't make no sense to try and risk it to make a little bit more money than doing a you know a supermarket shelf mm-hmm. or whatever yeah I think um, like the reason I ask is because like, in our community obviously it's, it's as you pointed out Pete it's revered as being a a positive thing but I think as the book alludes to there's a thin line between I guess the risk and the luck because if you look at the story of Jay-Z he started on the roadside doing what he's doing now he's a successful billionaire now that's just one one person that's one story we know of think about the millions of others that ain't Jay-Z mm. that ain't billionaires that actually had to suffer the pitfalls and unfortunately may have died whilst in that trade do you know what I'm saying so <coughs> it is it is it is you have to be bold you have to be a risk taker as well, obviously, to to get involved in that. But also, it can also be defined as, you can also look at it as being reckless. But I don't think it gets looked at as being reckless until it goes bad. It's only deemed kind of like that. When it's, when it's all going good, oh, he's bold and he's lucky. He's a risk taker and it's all seen in a positive light. But when it goes wrong... When you're on the other side of that wrong line, it's always like, oh, why, why did you do that? And do you know what I mean? Thinking? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's a it's a proper thin line store. But um, yeah, we'll move on anyway. If there's unless there's anything else, anyone else wanted to add? Um, what move the chat? Move on to the next chapter. No, you no, talking no, about next, question? Next, next part. Um, no, nothing really. No. Cool. All right. Tell me what you know.